Welcome to the Business of Small Business podcast. I'm your host, Rav. This podcast brings Vancouver-based entrepreneurs together for honest conversations about the things we don't talk about. Welcome to the Business of Small Business podcast, where we uncover the inspiring stories of small business owners in Canada. Today, I'm excited to introduce a special guest who has helped me make this podcast happen. Please meet Michael Yoder, the founder of Truthwork Media, dedicated to helping people create audio and video podcasts. They have been sharing their know-how with businesses and individuals across the globe. What truly sets them apart is the way they build connections and truly care about the people they collaborate with. I feel extremely grateful for the support and encouragement they've offered. So please extend a very warm welcome to Michael Yoder. Welcome, Michael. Hey, thanks for being here. And that was an incredible intro. Uh, you made me sound a lot cooler and <laughs> than, than we are. Uh, we're, we're just podcasters. But yeah, it's, it's been awesome getting to know you and, and helping you launch this thing. No, thank you so much. You know what? I was actually going to say that, that thank you for being so cool. That was actually my, <laughs> my line where you stole it. It's okay. <laughs> um, no, I genuinely feel like you've, you guys have been just so patient and uh you know with all the hiccups and everything and just uh uh you know it's the motivation has been great so thank you yeah, absolutely and that's um everyone comes to podcasting world and technology at a different space right they have a different yeah. knowledge and that's what we do is we no matter where you are in that process we will work with you to make sure things run as smoothly as they can it's technology so things don't always go as planned as we are well aware um yeah we'll, we'll do our best to make sure we get things going to start with we would love to hear what inspired you to start this business were you working in a related field or was this a side gig initially when when did you decide to do this full time it's a good question. In 2014, I think, I started a podcast with a doctor at a college that I was working at. And through that process, was working with him. We, we created our show. We knew nothing about podcasting. It had not blown up then. I remember watching some YouTube videos this was back when YouTube was a lot different, and uh, we learned we learned how to build a little podcast studio. And our first studio was in a basement, and it was right above a toilet. And so every time someone would flush the toilet, we would hear water running. You can hear that in some of our first episodes. It just was really, it was makeshift, right? And so mm -hmm. through that process, I had a couple of people reach out and ask, hey, how are you doing this? Uh, would you be willing to teach me? And I did, and it was through that process that I thought there might be something here that people want to learn how to do on a more consistent basis. I think at the end of the day, business is ultimately helping people, and if you can mm -hmm. help enough people uh, get what they want, you in turn can get what you want. And that's like the exchange part of things, right? That's just good services. Yeah. And I remember it was with my... It was with encouragement from my friend Joel Runyon. Uh, he's a cool dude to look up. So plug on your podcast. Look up Joel Runyon, Impossible HQ. Awesome, awesome guy. He ran seven ultra marathons in seven continents to build schools for people. He, he's just an incredible person. And he had started his business journey 
several years before me and he had encouraged me to step out, step out, step out, quit your job, quit your job, step out. And I finally worked up the courage to write an email to my boss and say, hey, this is going to be my last year. I'm going to quit. And I had no active clients at the time, um, maybe a mm -hmm. half of a client. And I remember typing up the email and pacing back and forth. Like I was so scared to send this because I had, I had, I was launching a business with no business and I was quitting my job with no business. Really quite stupid, actually. My personality is one of such that it, it is what it is. We're going to, we're going to figure it out. We're going to do it. I don't think of failure, which is a pro and a con of entrepreneurship because it's definitely a reality. But anyways, I, I sent the email and kind of the rest is history. I, I quit my job and started to build what is now Truthwork Media. And that was that was six, seven years ago. Wow. So you were just on your own when you started, he, just yourself? Yep, it was just me. It was just me. I remember my first official day, like on my own job, I was like, well, I need to build a website. So I went to a local coffee shop and built a website. And yeah, it was just me. I started working together with a friend and a colleague and someone that's been with us since day one, Dr. Amber Selkin. We've been producing her show for years now. Um, she's, I think she might've just crossed over. I'm not sure. 1 million downloads. She's phenomenal. She's an author. She works directly, was working with the University of Notre Dame and for the football team now down at LSU. She's just a phenomenal human, and uh, she took a chance on me. I took a chance on her, and uh, yeah, that's we started with one and went from there. Great. So this was not your work. Your job was completely different from podcasting. Yeah, great question. So my background, I have a master's in theology, and okay. uh, my my background is biblical studies, youth ministry, theology, basically working with people, and. Okay. Through that, I became fairly good at communication. I mm -hmm. was speaking on a regular basis, and that, that helps with podcasting, right? But right. also through that training, hopefully I, I was learning some self-awareness. I'm a big proponent of higher education. I think not just like formal higher education, but educating yourself in general. I'm constantly, yeah. it's annoying to my wife, but I'm constantly learning <laughs> and watching YouTube and, oh, how can I get better at this? Something that I'll use one time, but I, I'm so fascinated by this. Uh, but back to your question, no, this this was not a part of my, my former education. I have no idea how to run a business. And I've somewhat learned how to do that. But my relationship with people mm -hmm. and my ability to connect well and hopefully active listen and those small things, the ability to remain curious kind of transitioned well with business building. People, people often ask us like on the end of calls when they, when they call in, they're like, well, what separates you from other podcast agencies? It's a, it's a good question because there's a lot of them now. And I say probably our ability to connect with people and care for people well. And I don't take that lightly. That's something that I've done for years outside of this job and something we want to continue to do well into the future. And I think you can see that. I, I could see that <laughs> in the very first meeting. Um, and I did. I just wanted to sign up with you guys right <laughs> away because I felt like, yeah, I, I felt encouraged. And it didn't feel like a transaction. It felt more 
more of a connection. So that was great. That's cool. So you did not have a plan B when you quit your job, you were, you jumped into this yeah. head on. Yeah. So again, it's, it's part of my personality. I'm really big into a thing called the Enneagram. It's, um, basically it's Seth is one of our editors and he's going to grill me on this. It's not a personality <laughs> assessment. Uh, but it's kind of like that. And I'm a seven. And on that, that means I'm internally optimistic. Um, what can we do that's fun? And my biggest, my biggest weakness is I'm afraid of pain or fear. And I just do whatever I can to block those things out. Now, if you're healthy mm-hmm. in this, you can identify those and you can learn to sit in pain and you can learn to sit in your fear. But what this does is it has the ability for me to just kind of turn those things off for good and bad. And so, no, I had no plan B and I was not afraid of that. It it just wasn't an option. Um, I think that's really, you know, I don't want to get ahead or I don't know where this exactly is going, but I think that's a big thing for entrepreneurship in general is you, that fear of failure. People say failure is not an option and that's silly because it, it always is, but you just can't be afraid of that. I have started over the last six years, probably six businesses, seven businesses, and half of them have failed and half of them haven't, but that's okay. And the ones that have been successful have really gravitated and like have exploded. I I just read something recently that said something along the lines of it's not until like the eighth or ninth business that things can really start to explode and start to scale. And so in order to get there, you got to fail. And so, no, I, I had no plan B and I'm not saying everyone should go out and start six or seven businesses. That's kind of asinine, right? Because your focus will then be scattered and that's not great either. So it's a delicate balance of you got to focus really hard, go really hard, really hard. And then how do you shift that focus? So it's a long answer to your question of did I have a plan B? And no, I think I was dumb enough, naive enough and um, just hopeful enough that I I didn't really Mm -hmm. didn't need one. I I would also say like, as we grow and become more successful, it's an interesting thing. I have more probably stress or anxiety about growth and future now that we are successful than I did when we had no clients. And I don't understand why that is. Um, I, I, I sit up at night and I'm thinking, well, what happens if we just wake up with zero clients tomorrow? The reality of that is like, it's almost zero like that, but what if? You know, now that we have a staff, now that we have feet, like it's more the worry about than just me. And so I, that kind of stuff, that stuff will keep me up at night. How do you get out of those thoughts, those negative thoughts? That's a good question. I think for me, it's grounding myself in what I value and what I find important. And so it's figuring that out, first of all, and that's some introspective work that we all have to do, right? Like, what's our North Star? What what means the most to us as humans? And for me, it's like my family, my health, my friends. At the end of the day, like, if all of finances gone, if Truth Work Media was gone, like, I'm still married. We just had a kid. Max is five yeah. months old. Life is good. Like, yeah. it's okay. And so, like, yeah, that would that would suck if we went out of business. Life is short. I'm 37. If I'm lucky, I have another 37 years. I can go. I'll go work at Walmart or Starbucks. It's okay. It's okay. 
And so it's, it's yeah. that grounding of, yeah, I have big dreams and big goals and big, you know, I want this thing to grow, but what truly matters to me and, and that has to keep me grounded. No, that's, that's such a pra- practical advice. We, we shy away from, you know, going back to starting from scratch. I don't know what, especially when you spent all these years in business, you've seen success. I think that's the human nature yeah. that we don't want to start from scratch, but it's humbling. I mean, I don't think any could, anything could be more humbling than just knowing that it's all, it's okay. Yeah. As long as you're, you're doing your best. Yeah. Um, I think that's, that's the most important part. Absolutely. And even us having this conversation, one, we have laptops, we have internet, we're already in the X percentile of people all in the world. And, and to like, even put yourself in that perspective, like how I hate the word blessed, but how blessed or fortunate we are to even be in the situation that we're currently in. And you could take so much away and we would still be in the one percentile of the entire world. Like we hit, we hit the birthing lottery and we didn't even have to, we just were born. And so, yeah, it's, it's cool. What do you think is the biggest misconception people have about entrepreneurship and how would you change that? I would say it depends on who you're asking to. I, I think my friends have a misconception that I don't work a lot. <laughs> but I, I don't know, like even saying that out loud, I don't I don't know if they're just giving me a hard time or, you know, because it's their friends, right? So I don't know. I, I do think there's a misconception, though, that uh, it's both ends of the spectrum, right? Like entrepreneurs are n- never working or entrepreneurs are always working. And I think it's like a happy medium somewhere in between. And I think it depends on the person. I know for me, my default would be, I probably work too much. And I'm trying to now with Max in the scene, like I'm trying to scale that back and be present. Uh, And because I want to be there for him, like he's Mm -hmm. only going to be five months old one time and six months old one time. Yeah, that, that means a lot to me. So I, I don't know how they combat those things. Uh, last night, Lindsay was watching something on TV and I was working till like 11 uh, just because I didn't one, I didn't want to watch probably the trash bachelorette or whatever she was watching <laughs> and, um, or some true crime documentary. Um, but it's, it's okay to turn it off sometimes. And I think uh, as an entrepreneur, it's, I don't, and I don't want to speak for all entrepreneurs, but for me, it's just really hard to shut it, shut it off. Uh, And I don't know how to change that perception. I think that's an interesting question in general, because I don't necessarily, well, everyone cares what people think of them. So people that say they don't, that's a lie. We all, we all do. (laughs) But I think it's important to figure out ways to just be unapologetically yourself and work on yourself and who gives a shit what other people think? So do I want to change others' perceptions of me? Maybe. But I need to work on me first. What is the best piece of advice you've received so far? And how have you applied it to your business? Joel Runyon uh, was very influential in my life uh, when we started Truthwork Media. He helped me start my first blog. This was a long time ago. And okay. I went to college with him. And he, I would always tell him about articles that I'd written that were in draft. And he would always kind of joke around and say, a lot of people are reading those articles that are in draft. And he would always just (laughs) encourage me to publish, right? Just publish the thing. It's not going to be perfect. Just do, just do it. Just do it. Just do it. 
And okay. it was like that when it was coming to launch the business. And so the best, not it's not the best advice, but it is some good advice. He would just say publish, just jump, just go, just try it. And if you have an idea, just let it rip. What's the worst that happens? It fails. That's okay. I, I, I think for me, when I realized, and there's a, there's a pun intended, a cheesy book called Who Moved My Cheese. It gets shit on a lot. It's stupid and also good. And there's, it's all in between. But there's a line or something in there that talks about fear and how we are able to do things when we realize that the fear that's crippling us is not as great as what it truly is. And I think people are afraid of failing so much that they just don't do things. And Joel helped me get over that. And that, that was, I've never looked back from that. And I, I probably have started businesses that people think I'm incredibly dumb for doing. I, I know I did. I started a co-working spot where I'm currently in, in the middle of the pandemic. That's stupid. That is stupid, but it's awesome. And it's going really well. And it's, uh, it's a beautiful thing. And I would say on the, the far other end of that, like recent advice that I've been getting is just surround yourself with people that are smarter than you and know more than you. And you have to do that. I have to do that because I, my degree is in theology. I don't know how to build a business. And so I'm learning and who am I, who am I reading? Who am I watching on YouTube? Who, who am I talking to? And it's just asking people that have done it and emulating them. I, I was just talking to an advisor yesterday, actually. And long story short, it, it came down to, I want to emulate my life with people that I respect and they're doing things that I want to do. And so who it is, who is it that is living the life that I want to live or doing things successfully, watch them. How are they doing it? Ask good questions and then implement those practices. It's, it's not, it's not as hard as you would think. It's just finding those people and, and then doing what they do. And it may work, it may not, but it's, it's a, it's something. That's brilliant brilliant advice because I know I think I know a lot of people and and they would say that they don't have the time to even connect with you know like other like-minded business owners or and most people don't even have mentors they just learn by doing and I don't know I wish that could change and that could help so many people. So I, I think that's fair. I think we don't, I don't have a ton of time. I don't have enough time for my own friends. But with that being said, this is a, a probably an overused quote, but you are like the sum of your five or seven friends that you surround yourself with. Mm-hmm. I, my, my most of success is an interesting word. So I want to be careful how I use this. A lot of the people that I surround myself with are vastly more successful than I am or have done things that I have not done, whether it be successful parents, whether it be people that have sold their companies for multi, multi millions of dollars. I, this is just a stupid story, but I was, we, my friend had a yacht. That's even crazy to say out loud. Makes no sense to me because I'm, I'm nowhere close to anywhere like that type of money. Like just want to be very clear, nowhere close. And we're driving, we're driving, we're piloting to Chicago, back from Chicago on his yacht. And I'm sitting on the front of this thing with him. I was like, hey, I want you to teach me how to become a millionaire like you. Same, like that's success for him. Same thing. 
I get to hang out with one of my best friends who is an amazing dad of two kids. Hey, I want you to teach me how to be a successful parent like you are. You get If you don't have time for people, that's stupid. Make time for people because life's short. Like you, it's not meant to just build something like just you, you need to build the relationships. And so find those people that you want to emulate, <laughs> be friends with them and not, not in a manipulative way either. Right? Like uh, don't do it just to get something from them. Um, but that's, yeah, you got to find time for people. Do you have a particular memorable experience while working with someone on, on their podcast or any, anything that you, that stands out? So I'll share like a personal one and then a client one. And neither one of them are the, all that big, uh, but they, they stick out to me like a lot. For me personally, I remember uh, I had a podcast. We were following around the mayor of my town, not following him around, but uh, Pete Buttigieg was running for president. And we had a podcast. We had his husband on. Um, he was in, in my basement and recording a podcast, which was wild. But we, we held a live event. And I was like, eh, people are listening to this. You know, maybe we'll have people show up. People flew in from Norway and the room was packed, people from all different states. And I remember thinking, this is wild that people have come to listen to a live podcast that I'm a part of. That makes that does not make a lot of sense to me because <laughs> I know me uh, and my friends know me uh, and like people are coming to listen to this and it, I'm not naive. It had nothing to do with me. Um, it had to do with our guest <laughs> and uh, yeah, but it was still crazy. And then another one that sticks out to me, we work with all different types of people. Um, but one, Ed, he, we have a real estate podcast and I'll never forget. He texted me. And he said, hey, I just sold a house because of the podcast. And I was like, man, that is so freaking awesome. And I have a ton of success stories like that one. But for whatever reason, that one just like sticks out in my head. And it's I had another client because of a show signed a $70,000 contract, just like it, little things like that. It's like it's such a joy to help others be successful. Yeah, that, that actually, I, I wanted to ask you, like, because when with businesses, you know, any public, like, this is having an online presence and having a podcast, having a YouTube channel, I think everything helps mm -hmm. uh, spreading the word. And what has been most successful for you? That's, that's a good question. So for me personally, it started with online presence. And I grew, oh. it's a small Twitter following couple thousand people and that helped uh, launch the business and from that point it was content creation and then as I started to get into the business it was more referral basis and I'm a big okay. believer in if you put out good product you're gonna get referred and so we've just yeah. been heavily relying on referrals now there's an old saying that the barber kid is the one that always needs a haircut and what that means is it's just harder to take care of yourself. And I'm vastly aware we need to start up another podcast. Truthwork Media needs to be producing their own show. And uh, it's just kind of been put to the back burner because we're producing 50 shows. And yeah, I, I'm a believer in content creation over time is what's going to build success. And we just have been fortunate enough that we're at a spot where we are not relying on that. 
but other people are introducing us to the right people is where we're, we're continuing to grow. We just signed a client this week from a referral, did zero marketing for that. It literally came from, hey, you need to work with this person. They're a great business. And uh, it's a major company. And I, I just wow. am extremely humbled by that. Isn't that amazing? It, it that's is. Amazing. Yeah. Well, that's great. All right. So that brings us to the end of the podcast, uh, Michael. And my, I would love to end by asking what is your advice to aspiring business owners, um, you know, who are just starting out on their journey and uh, what would you say to them? Yeah. If you haven't started yet, just do it. Don't be afraid of <laughs> failure and you're going to fail. You're going to suck at it. It's okay. Nobody cares nobody cares. And if they do, they suck. And I would say the other thing is find your, find your grounding, find your source of what truly matters to you. And hopefully it's not just money. Uh, find things in life that when all of this crumbles, when all of it goes to hell, like what is it that matters to you? And then you can truly just set out to just kick Bezos's ass because it doesn't matter if you fail. Uh, you you know what's important. Thank you so much for your time. It was great, great chatting with you. Thanks for having me. This was great. Glad we could finally get this done and recorded. And uh, <laughs> yes. yeah, we have it on the books now. We'll have the link to your website in the show notes. So if anybody wants to reach out to you, they can find you, they can contact you. Um, so thanks again, Michael. This was great. Wish you luck. Thank you. Thank you.